Greetings and welcome to the Mount Rushmore podcast. My name is Jeff. I'm your host, but I'm not alone because in this very room with me are two fine gentlemen. They are Richard. Hello. And Michael. Howdy. But you know what? The gloves come off right now because Richard and Michael are going at each other mano a mano to debate and deliberate the Mount Rushmore of jingles. Uh, so who chose this? This is mine. Okay. And I just, I, I think it's something that's so ubiquitous in our lives. And there's so many of these things floating around yeah. that are, are taking up space in our heads. Okay. That I think it's worth exploring. Yeah. What, uh, do you have jingles floating through your head? Is oh, there sure. Okay, okay. Oh, sure. Yeah. I, okay. I, I I'm, I'm constantly have jingles that I'm, I'm singing yeah. to myself or something like that. Do you feel it's unfair that something as human and um, kind of unavoidable as our love for music and the, the beautiful melodies that marketing and branding is kind of incepted into this as almost like a virus <laughs> inside, yeah. and then that gets stuck in our heads. At so. least there's creativity to, to that. I yeah. appreciate that more than when you just take a classic song and you just slap it on a commercial. Yeah. And you try to associate that. Now that's the association that you have. Mm -hmm. Right. So I'm not considering those to be jingles. No, of course. Yeah. Uh, that's almost another... Another Mount Rushmore, a Mount Rushmore of songs ruined by commercials. That could oh, be a good okay. one. Write that, write that down, assistant. <laughs> Michael. Okay, we, we open, set it into the internet. Siri real quick or something. Well, okay, uh, I think the audience probably gets it because there sure was a uh, font of uh, opinion that, mm. that uh, descended upon the kind of crowdsource that I put out onto Facebook. And a lot of great uh, feedback on what were um, beloved jingles. Many of them were regional to the I'm area sure. where I, I imagine, grew up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, it's sometimes hard to know what's what's a national, international thing, and what's something that's in your hometown. Um, but they're all very, very cool. So, but let's jump into our choices. And Richard chose it. Michael starts. Okay, I'm just gonna start singing it. And I'm sorry, everybody. Mm -hmm. One eight seven seven cars Ooh, for kids. Oh, okay. K A R S cars for kids. Wow. One eight seven seven cars for kids. Donate your car today. You can't. You can't like not finish it. It's like someone doing like like shaving a haircut. Right. Yeah. And you're sitting there just waiting to just scream out two bits. I always appreciate the different variations that they have of it. Mm. There's the people singing it in earnest. Mm -hmm. There's the people purposely singing it badly, mm -hmm. I think. There's, There's like the, the kids. The kids. The kids choir yeah. of, of of Annie Rejects. Mm -hmm. uh, there's it? the rock and roll versions. <laughs> <laughs> With like the guitar, you've heard that one? Yeah, that, that's one. Well, Brian Ullman uh, yeah. is a person who suggested that one, so thanks, Brian. Um, yeah. Well, uh, Cars for Kids was uh, incepted in 1994. Mm-hmm. And um, they, it's a company that helps tries to get people to donate cars kids. For, kids. for kids for like okay. A, okay. That, was, that was their first company actually <laughs> kids, kids for, for cars, cars and it didn't didn't work out <laughs> as well the FBI was not thrilled apparently with it. they receive uh, forty thousand cars annually wow and they also make a profit of fifty three million dollars a year so they're wow. they're doing okay as a middleman basically yeah middleman to other charities mm -hmm. and donate and get things tax written off and all that stuff uh -huh. but this is a jingle that is so mm, perfectly done and it's so simple like all jingles that you hear on talk radio you hear on 
I don't know, just on the radio or that's TV. A, that's very much a radio one, though. Yeah. I mean, I know they have TV ads for it, and I've seen them before. But it's, I definitely it, associate that one with radio. Yeah, especially like sports radio and uh-huh. just yeah. like uh, this thing. And I don't know, maybe it's just the the cars being misspelled. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Or they just they just lucked into like whatever the jingle is, it's just there, and I can't. Whenever you hear it, I can't not finish it. And mm-hmm. I think that's what makes a good jingle is you you listen to the song, you know it's a commercial, you know they're trying to sell you something, yeah. and then you you can't stop thinking about it until at least you've completed the stanza or whatever. Yeah, right. It does seem kind of infectious. It seems kind of an unfair that it does it. That's kind of a reggae. Yeah, there's the reggae version. Yeah. The reggaeton. Where's your horn sound effect? <laughs> <laughs> it also has the appeal of children that you can't, like, ah, oh, that's for kids. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we don't need to give them a free okay, commercial sorry. on our podcast. I already sang the goddamn song. We don't need to hear okay, it. Okay, cool. All right, Michael, that was your first choice. Richard, what do you got? So you mentioned the misspelled cars. Mm. How, may, may interest you in a backwards R. Oh, wow. Because hey, I don't want to grow up. Oh, this is great. I'm a oh, wow. kid. Okay. Um, something that's still, to, to this day, even though I know that the store is now since departed, and I hear they're trying to make a comeback, but let's be honest, it's dead. More bikes, more trains, more video you know, games. games. It's the greatest yeah. toy store there is. Yep. Okay. Uh, like, it took me a second. It still just fills me with joy. Yeah. Like I, I, I re- Another I, song with kids singing. Another song mm-hmm. with kids singing. Yeah. I just remember being a kid and you would hear that song and then you would see all the ads for all the cool shit that they had. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, I got to go to the store to get that. Yeah. I got to go to get that. When's my birthday? Three months or not? Fuck. Mm-hmm. Do you know what's wild? We were up in Montrose last weekend um, and... Oh. And those are real kids. Yeah. Those aren't professional. They really don't know how to sing. Yeah. <laughs> You're in Montrose and what? Oh, we there was like a, a toy store there. And mm-hmm. we haven't been into like a toy oh, store yeah. in forever. Yeah. Other than like walking around a section like and target. target. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was wild just to go into like, you know, it's pretty expensive, this toy mm-hmm. store. It was like you're walking around, you're like our um our Lincoln logs really supposed to be that much for that little <laughs> I don't know. It's the residue from a wood chipper and they paint it red and they call it a Lincoln. But log. you know, Felix walking around looking at just toys just mm-hmm. after aisle after aisle of toys and him picking up literally this Lincoln log and saying, Um, I want this sometimes. I want <laughs> this sometimes. Oh, oh what a kid. And he'll say things like, Next time can I have this? Oh wow! And it, and it was just like wild. Be like, oh yeah, this is just like a kid walking around a toy store. And so like, but I had that exact same memory of like, there were sections of Toys R Us that you, you know, as a boy, I just never would walk. You know, there was a, you know, the huge Barbie, yeah, portion was just be like, okay, well, I, I know I can avoid that, right? I just go to the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle section. Yeah. That one's gonna be great, right? Um, quick fact. But the jingle, um, yeah. yeah. The jingle's incredible. And the quick fact, the uh, slogan that I don't want to grow up on Toys R Us Kid yeah. was partially written by James Patterson, who the, went on to be the, the true crime novelist. Yeah. Mm. The crime novelist. Wow. Um, yeah. Yeah, so he was working as an ad writer at the time. That's he pretty helped come up with that. Wow, that's pretty interesting. So there's your uh, fun fact for the week. I worked choice, on a gig from hell with a gentleman 
who thought he was a big celebrity such as a Tom Hanks. He happened to be Jim Hanks, who was the voice of Jeffrey the Giraffe for a while, who was wow. the Toys R Us mascot. Yeah. And Tom Hanks, I can guarantee you, uh, the man who has won two Oscars, beloved by millions. Sure. On the, on the Mount Rushmore, beloved yeah. American people. Has never been a bigger dick than Jim Hanks. <laughs> And has never thought as much of himself. You know who acts like he's Tom Hanks? Jim fucking Hanks. <laughs> because Tom sure doesn't act like that. Was so. there anything specific or was it just general It was douchebaggery. Uh, general douchebaggery. Do you know who I am? Yeah. yeah, those words actually come out of his mouth. Yeah, yeah. Do Yikes. you realize who I am? Yeah, you're yeah. Tom Hanks' brother is where you are. Jeez. You wouldn't have this gig if it wasn't for... We just lost a listener. I bet a valuable listener. Okay. Yeah, we're not, not getting Jim Hanks on this show no, anytime we're not. soon. Probably we're not. not Tom either. Yeah. Or the Toys R Us people because they're all out of jobs. Okay. Uh, what do you got, Winfield? Um, my next choice is a regional one uh, that you kind of mentioned. It's uh, the Cal Worthington. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Uh, also known as Pussy Cow. Uh, that's a ding, ding, ding because uh, people de- definitely mentioned Cal on here so uh kurt well, howard if, my chiropractor <laughs> go see cal will be you, burned into my brain forever if you want a car or truck go see cal yeah if you want to save a, save a buck go see cal yeah if you need a better car over and over and over yeah right, go see cal go see cal go see cal and as a kid everyone thought, thought it was pussy cow pussy cow cal worthington was a local car dealer um this guy in a big cowboy hat that started off every commercial uh, wrestling with some sort of exotic animal. He was like the Marlon Perkins oh, of wow, local yeah. TV uh, yeah, here car in salesman. Yeah. And it would always start, I would say, it's Cal Worthington and his dog Spot. And then for like two seconds, you'd see him getting mauled by a tiger or like <laughs> playing around with an elephant or yeah. being, being in, a, in, in a car in the front seat being like attacked by a like bear. a bear. Yeah. And... Um, I found this amazing, like, three-minute version of the Cal Worthington song, which is, like, different lyrics that I'd never heard. It's just like, oh, wow. uh, any model, any make, go see Cal. Give your pocket put a, po- pocketbook a break, go see Cal. Mm-hmm. Oh, and just, like, and all these different versions that you could see. Like, someone wrote, like, a three-minute song, and mm-hmm. you could just cut out any part, any verse of it, throw it in there for 30 seconds. There we go. Do you, do you, I, I remember speaking with a local advertising uh, producer yeah. at the cable station where I worked, and he said all of the business owners who came in, especially auto dealers, wanted you to be convinced that you, when you went to this auto dealer, you were going to speak with a mentally ill person. <laughs> who, but you were going to get, o- get over were, Yeah. So all on the commercials, it was always some guy with a pig, and he's wearing a barrel, and he's got a cowboy hat, and he's standing on, or he's standing on top of a water tower, or yeah. something like that, That's or he's wearing hilarious. a plaid suit. And then you, you could take advantage of. This oh person. yeah, he's a rube. He's a rube. And then I you, love that. You show up, and the guy's wearing an Armani suit. <laughs> he's back in the back office. You know he's let, see him. He's letting all his his guys do all his work. He's a savvy, savvy business owner, but they want you to think that. This guy's walking a pig through the parking lot or something. <laughs> so. What's great about like his commercials, other than the jingle, was that immediately after the jingle, you just go go into the pitch, and the pitch is like him standing in front and just walking down this aisle of cars, 
And he's just like listing off like oh, the yeah. make model. $795. Yeah. Yeah. You can get yourself a 1978 Ford Festiva. Yeah. Yeah. And, just going, and it's, it's just so funny. It's, and the commercials were, you know, back in the 70s were so cheap. He's got right. a chimp with him in this one. Oh, sure. If there's like a mega cut that has like everything and he's like getting pulled by an ostrich and... and Acres and row after row after row after row of cars and trucks. Sorry. Okay. No, yeah, that's yeah. that's him. It's yeah. just it's it's so just ingrained as part of my childhood. Mm-hmm. The same way that the, like a Toys R Us commercial is or whatever. Yeah. You know the Cars for Kids commercial is something that's so new, relatively mm-hmm. new, but like Toys R Us, Go See Cal is just like right there in my head. Yeah. There's another one that didn't make my. Um, Make your list. Make my list, which, and probably not in yours, did uh, the Toyota of Orange. No. Hmm. But it was the same sort of thing as like uh, used car dealerships, I guess, are the ones that need it. And it's like, you won't get a lemon. I could have gotten a lemon <laughs> from Toyota of Orange. You know, yeah. That one, they, they, they overly pronunciate Toyota. Mm. If you ever listen to it, it's always Toyota of Orange. That's interesting. Oh. I don't know if it's something from the 70s where mm-hmm. they didn't quite know how to say Japanese words. <laughs> karate. Like, yeah, karate. <laughs> I, I don't know, know what was going on there. Whatever it is about like used car dealership commercials, they are just uh, sponges for jingles. Yeah. I guess both of my choices so far have been about giving away crappy cars or old crappy yeah, cars right. or buying or selling them. Yeah. Uh, I want to um, thank some of the people from my region of the Midwest who who chimed in with this guy who, when I was a kid, I thought he was an international celebrity because he was on TV at every break between the Three Stooges, and that was uh, um, this guy called Boots Williams. And let me see. Uh, it usually starts with the the song that we all know as the stripper. Da, 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 oh, nice. Da, da, da. Bet your boots, Colonel Valley, was the catchphrase. Um, and uh, I remember that this uh, Colonel Billy, who was um, had a little bit of a Colonel Sanders kind of mutton chops, and he just had a little bit of an antebellum kind of charm right. to him. Um, he would do commercials, and then he would be joined... Hey, it's Colonel Billy here. And then a couple months later, be uh, Colonel Billy and Brother Bob. And then after a while, Colonel Billy get phased out. Then you just say, Brother Bob here. And Brother Bob, Colonel, uh, and then it's Brother Bob. And this is Junior. And we're here to talk about the deal thing. And then Brother Bob would go away. And then Junior would be the guy. Like, what the hell's going on? The Jim guys? Varney would show up at some <laughs> Jim point. Jim Varney would show up, yeah. Um, I, for regional ones, I should mention one of my favorite ones. Not my region but I was introduced to the uh, commercial a few years ago. Chicago's Moo and Oink. Oh, never heard of this. Oh, okay. it's incredible. Please go find the Moo and Oink commercial. It's, uh, I, 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 won't, I won't spoil it for you. It's just fantastic. Okay, okay. Okay, uh, Richard Manfredi, what's your second? All right, so you mentioned that car dealerships are chock-a-block full of um, great jingles. Yeah. So is McDonald's. Mm. Oh. And I, I, I actually had a hard time trying to figure out which McDonald's jingle I should choose. Uh-huh. It could be, for it's a good time for the great taste of McDonald's. That's one. That's so funny, yeah. That's the one, that's the first thing I learned how to play on piano when I was like six mm. or seven. Um, it could have been the Big Mac song. The, yep. the only jingle that actually just, the whole thing is just it spelling out what the food stuff is yeah. and the ingredients are. 
to all beef patties. Oh, sure. Sauces, okay. Yeah. For whatever reason, in my head, I was for a second, I was thinking of the Mac tonight. Oh, could have gone back. <laughs> That's a little bit different, but yeah. yeah. But instead, I went with do 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 do. I'm loving. Oh it. yeah. Certainly the most long running of mm-hmm. the McDonald's jingles, and mm-hmm. it's got an interesting backstory to it. Okay. Um, the full there's an actual full song. Um, that was leaked by Justin Timberlake as a single. And I use leak in quotation marks because I'm pretty okay. sure. Like back, remember in all the, like th- that would happen, like songs would get leaked over the internet. Yeah. And the artists would be like, oh no, I'm so upset about this. I guess we'll have to release it as a single. Yeah. It's like, come on guys, you leaked it yourself. Okay. But they actually took the jingle before it came out as a jingle mm-hmm. and made a single out of it that Justin Timberlake released as a single. Really? Is this early, yes. like right after he was in the group, left the group? This was in between his first and second album. Okay. So it was right before Sexy Back came out. Wow. So it's like right before he became Justin yeah. motherfucking Timberlake. Okay, okay. But it's a full-on Justin Timberlake song, and it's got a female singer doing the do-do-do-do-do behind like yeah. a very urbanized beat. Yeah. Um, this certainly was the first McDonald's commercial to really, I think, target an urban sound. Uh-huh. Um, and it's interesting. There's one uh, ad wizard, uh, ad ad executive kind of historian, mm-hmm. who pointed out this is a rare example of a reverse engineering of a of a of a commercial jingle, uh-huh. where they actually released it as a popular song first, mm. and then it comes use use yeah. that to get into the public zeitgeist, and then release the wow. jingle after that. Plenty wow. of examples, and I'll get to one later, mm-hmm. of the opposite happening. Yeah. But this is where something was at first a jingle, and then the jingle became popular. Wow. This is the opposite. This is when they actually released the full-length song yeah. first. I think I'm, I might cue up that song that I, I'm imagining I know, but I probably don't. I don't know. Uh, the song was called, I'm just it's called I'm Loving It. Uh-huh. Um, it did not chart in the United States, but it made, made its way to number 15 in Ireland. Is that right? Yeah, because the Irish only release about 20 songs a week uh-huh. at any one time so uh-huh. I think you're automatically in the top 20 if you just put a song oh in. shit oh my god yeah that's the commercial yes or... yep that's it wow okay cool uh, what do you got uh, Winfield oh we're got our halftime okay halftime. okay hey if you're loving it to all beef patties of co-hosts Richard and Michael, I'm the cheese in between. That's right. A little bit of Thousand Island dressing represented by it's Jeff Hopkins. Secret sauce, it's not Thousand Island. Sauce. God damn it! It's, it's Thousand Island. Um, so go back into our uh, grill area <laughs> and try our French fries. And by that, I mean past episodes. And then, if you want to order up some new episodes of the Mount Rushmore podcast, you can go uh, out on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram and tell us what topics you'd like to have us discuss. And maybe even give some suggestions that you think we missed for past topics. We'd love to hear from you. And you are awesome. And we are back. Uh, what do you got, Winfield? Okay. So, um, <clears throat> what car commercial do you have? <laughs> Is it a Ford one? Or? I don't. I, I have uh, not even a commercial. I have a science fiction novel. Holy shit. Uh, huh? uh, uh, this is the f- when... You threw up jingles. Who did threw up jingles? That was mine. When yeah. you puked up jingles. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is the first thing I thought of. Uh, there is an Alfred Bester novel called The Demolished Man. 
and it is um, a 1950 novel, mm-hmm. uh, sci-fi novel about this uh, man named uh, Ben Reich, who's the owner of this company that's about to go bankrupt. And he's about to be bought out by, or he's in danger of being bought out by this other company, and so he um, proposes this merger. He's kind of paranoid. He's this crazy guy. It's like set, you know, sci-fi set in the future mm-hmm. where um, uh, ESP is kind of uh, has kind of taken over society. There are like multiple levels of people that can read thoughts, uh-huh. like level one through level ten, whatever uh-huh. it is. Well, in the society. Uh, I'll, I'll, let me go back real quick. So he's so worried about like going bankrupt with his company that he proposes this merger to this other company. And the person accepts, but he's so paranoid he doesn't realize that they accept. So he devises plans like, oh my God, I'm going to kill this person. Well, this is oh. a, a future where um, basically all murder has been eliminated for like the last 70, 80 years hmm. because uh, ESP people that have these, you know, extra sensory powers can read these thoughts. It's very minority. Kind of report. minority reportish. Yeah. Basically they've eliminated murder uh-huh. because whatever, whatever murderous thoughts are kind of targeted or you, you can drive out. So he comes up with this elaborate plot that involves a jingle and mm. the jingle goes, uh, eight, sir, seven, sir, six, sir, five, sir, four, sir, three, sir, two, sir, one, ten, sir, said the ten, sir. Tensor said the tensor. Tension, apprehension, and dissension have begun. So this is this thing that this guy, and it's written by like, he goes to see an old jingle writer, an old songwriter, basically, uh-huh. to get him to write something that he can repeat in his head over and over and over to mask his actual murderous thoughts. Wow. And I thought, and as soon as you thought of this topic, I thought, oh, I, I love this book. He wrote it. It's actually the first book to ever win a Hugo Award. Oh, wow. Um, and I thought, this is exactly what a jingle is. A something that you just run in your head mm. to mask your murderous okay. thoughts about your other podcast <laughs> co-hosts. Yeah. Oh, but, shit. Okay. But it was just one of those things where it's just like like the cars for kids. Like whatever it is that's just in your head that you're just running over and over. You're thinking about it but not thinking about uh-huh. it. And that's part of, part of his plot that ultimately falls apart mm-hmm. is – him confusing the other espers, the other people with these internal thoughts. That's just an ad song. And I thought wow. that's so perfect. It, it is exactly what these things do. They're these mm-hmm. earworms, these things that just run in your head and fill you up and just make drive you mad to a certain extent. Wow. It's, it's a really very specific. I think it's a very specific talent to have to mm-hmm. be a jingle writer. Yeah. And that's why people go into this and have these, Long-running careers where they, you know, one person has done like 10 of them. Because mm-hmm. I think it just takes a certain type of person to be able to come up with this. You don't have to come up with a whole song. You just have to come up with a, yeah. a very catchy uh-huh. 10 seconds. Mm-hmm. A repetition a repetition that just builds and builds and then you just sing it over and over yeah. and over again. And then yeah. all of a sudden you're giving your car away. <laughs> yeah. I think, uh, is it Bray Manilow? More prolific jingle Yeah, guy? he wrote yeah. quite a few. Mm-hmm. Um, Alfred Bester, too. Uh, was the guy that came up with the Green Lantern Oath? He was, oh. you know, the in Darkest Day, in yeah. Blackest Night. Oh, that's cool. You know, whatever, whatever the rest of uh-huh. it is. But like, I remember I read that years and years ago, being like, "Oh God, that's this guy that I really mm-hmm. like," and to see that like he has like these little seeds of other rhyming things. Mm-hmm. 
that just oh that's cool yeah that's cool all right man freddy so my third one is a jingle i think in a a little bit of a, a sideways mm-hmm. way mm-hmm. it's the nbc chimes oh cool that's great and we all know what the mm. nbc chimes are the bong 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 mm-hmm. Uh, they were first developed in 1927 as seven notes, but later standardized down to three. Mm-hmm. Um, they originally developed as like a cue so that engineers up and down the radio network mm. would know that something else was coming up. Yeah. And over the years, it got transitioned from that to sort of an audio signature for NBC mm-hmm. to the point where um, in 1950, uh, the Chinese... Justin were, Timberlake. Justin. Did, a, did a version of it um, <clears throat> with his gramophone. Uh, no, NBC became the first purely audio service mark uh, granted by the Patent Trademark Office. Oh, that's cool. So they actually patented, and actually, I guess in that case, it would have been trademarked mm-hmm. the NBC Chimes. Hmm. Yeah. Um, and there's and this actually came up this weekend. I was in Chicago. I was at the uh, Art Institute, and a t- I was actually getting walked around by one of the docents. And he said, you want to know a little bit of trivia? Because we were there for a trivia tournament. Do you know what the uh, notes of the NBC Chimes are? They're GEC because the company was General Electric Com- Corporation. Oh, wow. Turns out that's not actually true. Oh. That's a, <laughs> well, I mean, they did own NBC at the time, but uh. it turns out that it's just the chimes that they had to write the, the jingle on just happened to have a GEC and an E. Mm-hmm. And that's just kind of how it came out. Mm. That's really But that's a fun story, though, so mm-hmm. let's pretend that I never said anything okay. about okay. that. Um, and they would, uh, the announcers would actually play it by hand up and through mm-hmm. like the 30s or the like the early 40s, I think. Yeah. They'd, and this, which would mean you'd get clang, 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 guys hitting <laughs> them badly and knocking mm-hmm. them down and shit like that. So they actually invented a almost like a, a like a music box type mm-hmm. thing that would just play those three chimes. That's so cool. Um, and it's been it's been used in popular culture quite a bit. Those the the three note. Hmm. Uh, the three notes in that order. Uh, there's a song called I Love You, Three Little Tones mm-hmm. that was uh, from the 30s but was sung on the fourth season premiere of Saturday, Saturday Night Live. Yeah, that's where I remember. It's, yeah. yeah. Um, it was used by uh, such artists as Albert Collins, the blues man. Hmm. Uh, Ray Charles used it in his song Let's Go Get Stone from his album Crying Time. And uh, Isaac Hayes used it in his song Do Your Thing. Wow. So it's incredibly ubiquitous. I think it goes to show that a jingle can become an earworm and become something mm-hmm. that is instantly recognizable and associated with something, even if it doesn't have lyrics. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it, all you need are three notes. Yeah, it does seem to presage the audio branding that has pervaded in electronics. You know, you know the Microsoft software sign-on, and you know right. The Intel. uh, The Intel, yeah. That was one that I had considered in terms of a pure audio one. But I think the NBC one is just something that's, when you hear it, you automatically know what that is. Yeah. It's kind of fun that it's an offshoot of a technological function. It's kind of an air check to see, are we we receiving the signal before we have our star start talking or the music start playing? We're going to make sure that you hear those tones. Means So the engineer who's down in the affiliate network could know, hear it and know that this means something is coming. Yeah, up. we got the thing. Got yeah, this. it started off as a purely functional thing, this yeah. utilitarian thing that wanted becoming this mm-hmm. the brand for NBC. I heard that's the ten codes uh, that police use: ten twenty, ten four, ten five. The ten is irrelevant, but they knew that when people start their radios, it takes a microsecond 
to, to get the radio to connect. So okay. people were starting to say four. Four. At, they wouldn't hear anything. Yeah, they wouldn't mm. hear anything. So getting them to say the number 10 first <laughs> gave it them a gave it a little bit of a, yeah. a, a delay to be able to press down on the yeah, button. Yeah, for the radio wow. to signal to go through. Uh. Winfield. Well, speaking of NBC, I have a jingle from a episode of Cheers. Oh, that's awesome. Where uh, nice. John Mahoney... Uh, comes in before he's Frazier's dad mm-hmm. he plays a jingle writer named Cy Flembeck oh that's great um, Christina uh, or uh, Rebecca Howe comes in uh, seeing that uh, another uh, Gary's Old Town Tavern mm-hmm. oh those assholes at Gary's yes. those, those the bar wars uh, they have a jingle for their bar and she's like well we need one for cheers mm-hmm. so she has like 200 bucks and so she hires this guy wearing like a checkered suit to come in and he comes in for $200. He sits down at the, at the piano inside Cheers. And he's like, I got a great one for you. And he's like, I'll sing you the one for Fred's tune-up. Just listen to this. And he says, uh, tune-ups, tune-ups is our game. F-R-E-D-S. If you, if you don't come here, it's, it's a shame. F-R-E-D-S. And, of course, Fraser pops in and says, isn't that the song to Old MacDonald? <laughs> he says, when Old MacDonald gives me 200 bucks, then it's Old MacDonald's song. <laughs> so he writes, so he's like, all right, all right, all right, I'll get one for you. And he says, um, beer and pretzels, that's our game, C-H-E-R-S. <laughs> if you don't come here, that's our game, C-H-E-R-S. <laughs> and so she's like, Gets flustered. It's like, okay, okay. You don't like that one? How about this? And he says, um, uh, beer and pretzels, that's our game. That's our game. That's our game. Beer and pretzels, that's our game. C-H-E-R-S. Oh, oh E, 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 E. But um, it was such a great, uh, just uh, a moment of capturing a pathetic jingle yeah. writer. <laughs> And all he does is write old McDonald's or all he oh, does so funny. is just take a jingle and just yeah. add a different layer to the same song. It's the same, you know, it's yeah. something that is so familiar. And I think that's what jingles happen, get into. They get into these notes and this familiarity and they become almost nursery rhymes. Cars for Kids is yeah. certainly a nursery rhyme. Mm-hmm. All these different things are just like these things. All It's just familiarity. You're just breeding familiarity. And of yeah. course, there's another moment. After she's kicked him out of the bar and being like, oh, you're this hack. And this guy is just like, ah, oh, that reminds me. I need to get a, a tuna for my car. He's like, where are you going to go to? It's like, F-R-E-D-S. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> where are they located? 14-14, Burlingame. F-R-E-D-S. <laughs> she runs after him. But like, um, I don't know, just that moment of just like, it's it was very true. And mm-hmm. I think that's all you're trying to, I don't know. Yeah, I love She's it. trying to find some little aspect of truth and what a jingle is and all mm-hmm. it is is just trying to get in your head and to remember yeah. a certain thing. I would say one of the fun things that uh, happened out on the um, the thing was uh, James Walker said, does the Mr. Plow jingle count? And Mr. Plow? Uh, that's, that's my, my name. name. That, that name, name again is Mr. Plow. That's 100% counts. Just because it's uh, yeah, just so simplistic. <laughs> okay, uh, man. Freddy... Senor Plow, no es macho, solamente es un borracho. Of course. Yeah, that would have been a great choice. I wish I would have oh, made it. Yeah. Um, so I mentioned uh, the, uh, a, the 
I'm Loving It, a yeah. uh, song that became a jingle. Yeah. And I also mentioned there are several jingles that became popular songs. Yeah. One of them, um, not my choice, but one of them launched the career of one one David Naughton. Oh, well, yeah. Yeah, I'm a Pepper song. Yeah, cool. Um, this one, I think, is probably the biggest hit jingle ever. Mm-hmm. It's I'd Like to Buy a wor- the World, to, I'd Like to Teach the World to Sing. Oh, cool. The Coca-Cola song. Cool. Um, so iconic that it was the last thing that you heard in, Mad- in the finale yeah. of Mad Men. Yeah. When it's implied that Don Draper, in his yoga retreat, uh-huh. in a moment of serenity, comes up with the idea for this. Mm-hmm. And is back in the game, baby. Yeah. It was uh, filmed in 1971 mm-hmm. and cost $250,000. Holy smokes. Which was the most expensive commercial ever at the time. Wow. And uh, the South African government actually wanted them to make a, a version without the black singers. Oh, Because God. if you remember, it was a very multicultural. Yeah. It was like kind. a Benetton ad before. Before the, there was yeah. a Benetton yeah. ad, yeah. And Coca-Cola told them to get bent wow. and actually decided to divest themselves from South Africa after that. Holy smokes. So it, uh, it act, they actually put their money where their mouth is mm-hmm. in terms of uh, the message. And it was so popular that they wound up, uh, people were just calling radio stations and saying, I want to hear a full version yeah. of that. So they rushed this group of studio singers. Yeah. In, you know, like Steam or like those uh-huh. sort of things. They called them the Hilltop, Hilltop Singers. Wow. And uh, their version went to number 13. Okay. God, it, there was nothing on the air back then. In 1972. <laughs> Um, then the New Seekers had yeah. their version of it. Which that was, was the version I was just playing. The version yeah. you know, uh-huh. um, which went to number one in the UK and number two and number seven in the US. Wow. One of the biggest hits of the year. Wow. Um, just an, an iconic song. Mm-hmm. I thought you were going to bring up this song. Which started as a local bank commercial for in Crocker Bank. Yeah, Crocker Bank. We had this. Yeah, we had down in Fresno. Oh, we doing... had Crocker Banks too, so we had this commercial. Did you really? Yeah, yeah absolutely. And it was uh, an old kind of uh, venerable old bank trying to reach out to this new hippie market or these these young kids. Yeah, in the soft focus, you'd see like yeah. like these young people playing with their dog. Uh-huh. The Crocker had a a like Cocker Spaniel was their their mascot. Oh wow! If I remember correctly. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> this... I, the softest looking of all dogs. <laughs> the Cocker Spaniel. That is an interesting aspect where um, it's hard to do. I don't know if you could have a pop song crossover now because there's such a cynical audience that doesn't right. want to be marketed to. Um, so you wouldn't call and request a commercial. Nobody would call a radio station now anyway because there's no There's, there's no nobody phone. listening. There's no no picking up. Yeah. Yeah. But you wouldn't. Um, no, don't turn that down. Okay. That's good. I do love me some Paul Williams and the Carpenters. Oh, my God. Karen Carpenter thought, her, thought herself as a drummer. Yes. Who kind of was made to kind of sing. Oh, I guess I'll sing. Yeah, yeah. So that, yeah Richard kind of pushed her in, in, yeah, out, I, out from the uh, drum kit. Yeah. I mean, this woman I, has the voice I, of an angel. I remember yeah. watching a uh, clip on YouTube of one of their variety specials, uh-huh. and she has like a drum solo-like yeah. thing. Maybe it was against Buddy Rich or something like that, or uh-huh. it was versus some like well-known drummer. Yeah. She held her own. Yeah, she just she's she was pretty a pretty gr- good drummer. Yeah, and she I think she, her and Richard were hop. He was hopping to like a harpsichord yes. and then like a thing, and she'd jump to like a snare or like a big bass drum or something. Like that. Absolutely. Um, but that is interesting. Uh, the kind of the death of the um, pop song jingle. Do you remember it was what was it? Some kind of like 
loan company or something like that. Payday loans or something where these guys were playing like a lute. The guy was playing like a... They were trying to pretend. They were like they were pretending to be a music group or something. Oh, there's the free credit report. Guy. Yeah, the free That's credit like report. That's like the last one that I remember that had even a, a whiff of crossover. Appeal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so that was super fun. That was super fun. All right, so I want to go out and uh, do the State of the Union. This is the state of the uh, affairs where we go out and uh, read some of the things that were suggested by. The folks on Facebook. The Vox. Yeah, Vox Populi responded to our request. And Michael and Richard did not... (laughs) I did not clear this with them. They're not eye-rolling at all. Um, uh, James Walker asked, did the Mr. Plow jingle count? And uh, Damn right it did. Yeah, damn right it did. Bruce Green suggested the In-N-Out. I didn't know they had a... In and out, that's what I hamburgers. Yeah, boy, if you wanted, to, if you wanted an episode, you thought to yourself, "I want to hear Michael and Richard kind of sing yeah. half-heartedly." <laughs> this is the episode for this you. Is it the Fig Newton? There's a Fig Newton jingle. There's... Well, you won't get a Newton. I would have got a Fig a Newton. Newton. <laughs> I don't know. The, or uh, that was suggested uh, by our buddy Lee Sandberg. I can sing the Quaker Valley Chewy Granola Bar commercial. Oh, bust it out, man. Come on. Chewy, chewy, chewy. chewy. Quaker Valley Chewy. Quaker Valley Chewy Granola Bar. Yeah. The Orida Pizza Bagel Bites commercial. Oh, um, the pizza in the morning, pizza yeah. in the evening, pizza at the Oh, wow. Time. You know these. When uh, you got pizza on a bagel, you can have pizza anytime. I oh, would yeah. say. Um, That's a jam. That's the, a jam. It's the, mo- it's the most New York food, a pizza bagel. It totally is. If only if you wash it down with authentic Brooklyn water. <laughs> the Oscar Mayer um, oh. commercial was probably the biggest one. Which one? The, the ween? The if I was if I had because there's two. There's the uh, there's the Oscar Mayer Wiener one, and then there's my baloney has a first name. So there's two separate. There's you could go either yeah. way on that one. He's so angry about. See. Okay. Jesus Christ! You could, can just you, get, you could just get like kids barely being able to talk. Yeah. Singing these songs. Can you imagine that they actually advertised baloney in the seventies? Like that's something that people try to get you to actually want to buy it. These people, if they only understood baloney. <laughs> There's no like block cheese uh, jingle. Um, my sister-in-law, JM, mentioned two things that you did. The uh, two all-beef patty special sauce, lettuce, cheese, pickles, onions on a sesame seed bun. bun. Mm-hmm. And I'm a pepper, you're a pepper, the David Naughton. Uh, there we go, yeah. Um, Dr. Pepper commercial. Um, Jackie Newcomb, my other sister-in-law, the Rocky Point Park TV commercial. I think that must be a That's local. regional. That's got to be a regional thing. But I just kind of want to play it. Just uh, I love regional things because they don't, the spokespeople often have a dialect from that region. Yes. <laughs> Uh, so that's always oh great it's preempted by a Disney Plus ad <laughs> uh, we know a region brought to you by Disney Plus uh oh oh it's a theme park June Pointer oh no that's not June Pointer no you liar That's Peg Benatar, Pat's sister. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, Nick Condon, the Skip It Toy commercial. I'm not going to play all these. Brad McDonald, Juicy Fruit oh, TV sure. ad. Because water skiing and girls in bikinis sell chewing gum. Juicy Fruit. Oh, the yeah. Juice, the juice, the juice is going to move you. That one, yeah. 
Oh, I like Rick Ocasek comes yeah. in. Yeah. That's like a Rubio's song, mm-hmm. or the Babies, or something. Yeah, a little power pop. The Rubinus, yeah, yeah, yeah Rubinus. Yeah, yeah. Thank yeah. you. Wow, it's a you know, long lost raspberries. Yeah, it deep totally cut. is a little power pop thing. You know, these songs. I say what you want about jingles, but they get the job done in thirty seconds. Sure, it's yeah. like I said, it's a it's a real talent. Yeah. Uh, I'm, so I'm leaving here and buying juicy fruit right now. Just want to continue with a couple of great suggestions. Uh, Mona Gerstmann, Diet Sprite TV commercial. She uh, she said it was also pulled as almost as immediately as it was released uh, because of uh, the words you can beat. Hmm. Okay. Interesting. Um, Anderson Dadu, Hot Pockets, uh, which uh, Jim Gaffigan's made a career off of. Um, um, my Body, My Body. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. A uh, few people. And then people. it immediately trans, trans, transfers into Kid Sister, Kid <laughs> Sister. Wow. It's I the exact same song. I didn't know that. Yeah, you take the My Body. It was written by the guy from Cheers, John Mahoney. Wait, yeah. John Mahoney. Uh, Jennifer Baskin, my that's, lovely that's wife. Sly, that's Cy Flemback. Sly Flemback. Christy Patterson Veach, my friend, also seconded that. Um, Bill Weingarter had a great, some great regional ones that I'll have to put in. The notes, but uh, thank you to Sorry. all those people who suggested. Did I have a fever dream that at one point there was a cord nuts one? There was a guy singing about busting a nut. Oh, oh wow. Bust a nut, bust a nut, <laughs> grab a bag of corn nuts and bust a nut. Brutal. I, I think this was a real thing that I heard on the radio yeah. and it wasn't a spoof. Yeah. Someone someone please back me up on yeah. this. There are uh, a lot of good ones. I would say the shortest one was uh, Jerry Katzman submitted by men. And yeah, that's so, pretty good. Yeah, yeah, pretty good one. Okay, so let's go uh, do our thing. Uh, I'll do my thing, and I'll pick some of these. And um, totes, totes just going, going on instinct. I really love the story that supported this. It makes me want to go watch some Cheers again. Um, John Mahoney uh, really messing up the canon of Fraser Crane by appearing as... <laughs> As Cy Flembeck before he appears. That's like as when uh, Colonel Potter was on before he was Colonel yeah, Potter. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so we'll go with that episode of Cheers. And all oh, that hurt that made my molars fall out. And um, um, I, the cars for kids thing because uh, it was the first of Michael's car automotive based choices. Um, I love the story behind NBC. Uh, so that was super cool. Ow! And then uh, also let's go with. Um, I'm loving it because he JT incepted. He brought uh, burgers back. He <laughs> <laughs> yeah. burger back. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So there's that. Um, so this has been. This has been what it is. Has been the Mount Rushmore of jingles, and this is our final jingle. I as always am Jeff. I'm Jeff, and this is Richard. 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 I'm Michael. 